deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it pomegranate or old bandage? <laughs> Dare to compare. Be Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? I want it all again, I buy it. I told her she gotta come try it. They wondering what I've been doing. I told them I'm keeping it quiet. Right. I pull up, you know I be moving. Whipping the four and I'm cruising. The money I'm speaking to fluent. All of my business booming. Stacking my cash in abundance. All of my family funding. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Mile High Pundit Podcast. I'm Joel, like always. I'm going to bring on... No, just stop, stop, here. stop, stop. Just, just stop, just stop. Who gives a shit? Everyone knows who we are. Yeah. Hockey is back today. It's back. No one gives a shit about who we are anymore. Okay, they've, they've heard it for 20 some odd episodes. No one cares anymore. They know we're back. And hockey's back. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. Um, and it is good to be back. Good to have hockey back. Just overall, I've been counting down the days. Um, and yeah, we are sitting here on hockey opening day eve. <laughs> um, and we're repping our avalanche stuff and uh, we're, uh, we're excited over here. I have goosebumps right now. I'm so fucking excited. Goosebumps. <laughs> like I'm chilling right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we've been waiting since October, essentially. Well, June, July area, I guess. Is when we really yeah. started waiting because we're like, okay, twice in a row now we've been bounced out of the, out of the second round. What are we going to do now? And just from everything I've seen, and Vegas even has it agreed with us, the Avs are the favorites. If you're not on the bandwagon, you need to be on it now. That is true. That's so true. I mean, even just from the stuff that we've been seeing, I mean, I'm going to go back to just that infamous sort of Nathan McKinnon tweet. I guess we open, we're opening as the favorites or whatever. I think that was his exact words. Um, but yeah, and just, you know, seeing the team embrace that mentality, um, especially through camp and, and just into this year. Um, it's been all good news, really. Um, just some exciting things going forward, too, for this team. Yeah, and, I mean, thank God that they had their social media person in during camp and everything because we've been able to see what those new pants are going to look like, what the new helmets and gloves and the reverse retro pants, and those are fire. I mean, it's everything... I'm still, I'm still not a fan of the whole, the third jerseys. You know, we've talked about this at length. I hate the third jerseys. Love the color. Hate the third jerseys. But everything really does look really refined and really, really good. It's gonna be really interesting to see how they do the, 
the the production side of it tomorrow yeah 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 for sure that's what i think we're all looking forward to is is more so that official uniform drop exactly and seeing it's just seeing like how everything kind of plays out but i i do want to ask you because they have dropped their roster down they reassigned um burrows dries henry mcdonald magna reno soamaki uh tishki tynan Bacconi and Werner, they reassigned them. Uh, what was it two days ago now? So we're down to twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Who, who I guess is the guy who's kind of like standing out to you right now, knowing that Eric Johnson is under what we believe to be COVID COVID protocol, but there's been no word on it. Yeah, and it, it kind of just trickles back into previous episodes of us talking about just how much longer you know Eric's going to be with the team. Um, you know, we don't know beyond this year what's even going on with him. Um, so, I mean, it could be as soon as the, the trade deadline even. Um, because from what I'm hearing, and, and just the, the general sort of scope of things, uh, Devontae's has impressed a lot of people. And it's it sort of backs up with, with what uh, Bednar's been doing. His first line going into his top two blue liners are Makar and Taze. Gerard is now a second line guy. And it's just good to, uh, as we talked about, you know, him coming in with the Islanders, it was interesting to see who he was going to play with, who he was going to mesh with. And it seems to be that top pairing, which bodes really well for him. And everyone's going to see that. Uh, everyone's going to see that they're, they're going to see this Gerard thing going down to the second line as a demotion. And that's that's not the case. It was the same deal last year when 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 Rantanen was getting shuffled across really the top three lines, Landis Cog, the same deal and finding who's going to fit where it's just it's just where the cards are falling right now. And right now. Taze and Makar are so dynamic, just even in the videos that we've gotten from the uh, from training camp, that you can push Gerard down and play him with Eric Johnson like he should be anyways. And there for right now, Connor Timmins. And then let Graves and Cole run around and be your burly third third pairing defenseman who really could be a top four. You you legitimately have three lines of top four defensemen and two lines of top twos. Uh yeah. bar none. Yeah. And and that's not that, that there may be a little bit of homeriness in there, but we've also seen what Connor Timmins can do. We saw it in the bubble. We saw it in junior. We saw it across the board. And Byram just arrived at camp, so he's going to stay a little while. But the WHL is going to start their season up, so he's probably going to go back to his team anyways. That was the thing that I was hearing too, is that Byron might play more games than you would think as an avalanche this year, as a member of the avalanche, just because of how the WHL is kind of structuring their season. Um, even opt in wise, I feel like um, led to some pretty big decisions for him. Yeah. And I mean, it, it should tell you a lot that as of today, when they had their final skate at Pepsi before their official mm-hmm. first game day, media was there it was allowed to be in so they got to see kind of how everything's gonna look on tv tomorrow it's not impressive at all i wish they would have done a little bit better but 
it's interesting and i kind of when i read it i kind of laughed because i look at powerpoint one i go okay kadri mckinnon landy rantanen mccarr go figure pretty pretty straightforward yeah and then powerplay two you have four forwards five sorry five forwards <laughs> and two defensemen Bednar's not going with your traditional set of Gerard being the second guy. He has Taves and Gerard and a rotating two defensemen. Now, what that's going to do is that's now going to give you the option of, okay, I can send two groups of four forwards and a, and a defenseman, or I can now switch the plan of attack and make teams adjust and really point out weak spots. And, yeah, yeah, and and Saad too, and this is where I laugh because it says Saad because it says Saad and Taves. I'm like, am I looking at a Chicago power play? <laughs> what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, but I mean, Burkos, you know, is going to get it. Comfer might just be relegated down to being a, a kill guy at this point, and that's completely okay with me. But him yeah. and Donskoy being kill guys, no problems. And keep Jost out of the extra attacker and power penalty kill crap, hundred percent. Yeah, and you got your <laughs> you got your twenty twenty one Avalanche team right there. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, with with everything that's been going on with camp and the the cool thing too, like especially what we're hearing, just what's going on nationally inside the hockey world, they've had to go through a test a day basically um, for COVID. Uh, since January 3rd and none of the Avs players, Avs staff members have tested positive for it. So hats off to them too. Um, just for getting up to this point with no instances. And did you see that Dallas had 17 of those positive tests out of 27 yeah. positive? It's Dallas with 17. Yeah. Which that's where it could, you could begin to be like, okay, like this is flirting with, uh, with Avs playoffs, uh, numbers, you know, when we were playing Dallas, <laughs> like that many guys out. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, crazy to see like once it takes like a hold of an organization, I guess, just like what it can do. Mm-hmm. If you don't properly uh, protect yourself. And I mean, it's, it's worth mentioning too that right now, Colorado's got three goaltenders, and I mean, granted, yes, Miska's going to be the the taxi squad guy, but how's that going to work when the Eagles resume play in um, in February? You know, like how's all that going to play out? The Eagles, well, because yeah, Miska is their number one guy, as you're saying, and taxi squad guy. Um. But they might establish like a little rotation this year. I'm not sure if they, who they're going to go with their first couple games. Um, so they've still got guys like Megna, I believe, down there who are playing well. And Megna got um, sent down. Or Megna did get sent down. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've still got just like a litany of, of you know, just great goaltenders there, if I'm not mistaken. Um so they might not even go with Miska their first their first couple series. I mean, there, there's really no reason to. I mean, uh, Grubauer has sworn up and down that he's trying a new regimen to help him stay healthy. 
Francois looks fine. Obviously, he was he's he had during I guess during the bubble he's had nagging, 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 nagging injuries and just was not working. But I mean, I as as much shit as we're gonna get for this, I really don't want to see Tyson Jost in the opening night lineup. I don't. I really don't. I'd much rather see Logan O'Connor. Like a Connor Timmons type. Yeah, because I mean, you're gonna have Timmons in there. You're gonna have Cole. You're gonna have Gerard, Graves, McCarr, Taves. I mean, there's your six defensemen right there. Done. Don't basically put that in ink. Don't even pencil that shit yeah. in. Put it in ink. And it, the the real question is, who's that sixteenth forward or who's that twelfth forward? Not sixteenth. Who's the twelfth forward? Yeah. And yeah, it's not just. I look at Sod, man. I look at Sod as a direct replacement of what like they want his production to be. What Joe, what what Joe could have could have provided them past couple of years. Yeah, you know they need a guy that'll kickstart that back those back lines. Um, so that that's like you know emphasis on Sod coming into the rotation, especially on the power play. I mean, you know what you get when when you combine him with power plays, you get championships. We saw it happen in Chicago. Twice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, going back to those Chicago teams, you look at this Avs team and just the way that it's built, Jared, and I can see why people think that we're going to win the cup this year. Um, I can see why Vegas has us as the odds on favorite. Um, it's built very similarly to those Chicago teams, in my opinion. Very young, very solid defensively. The only difference is that it's not big, burly defenseman. It is speed. It is youth. It is yeah. skill. I mean, it's everything. Yeah, kind of just like a an adaptation to sort of the way the game's evolved. You know, you go with those younger, speedier guys. I mean, it's nice to have an enforcer. You know, like a like a Zadorov type who can lay someone lay someone the hell out if if you know. They're messing with one of your guys, but it's, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the name of the game now, as we were talking with like CC two and them is speed, man. Speed's the name of the game. It is. And I mean, it here's, I just quickly scrolling through, uh, uh, Connor McGahee's Twitter feed because the dude is a brilliant, brilliant mind for one and two, a brilliant hockey mind. Um, Bednar's 4-0 in season openers. 4-0. So, getting off to the right note is what Bednar's all about. So this team is obviously prepared to get off on that right note. And, and I mean, I, I, I know that... Uh, that that the blues are definitely like ready to go too. I mean, hell, everyone's everyone's ready to do this. There's only four teams in the NHL who's allowing fans. Well, now it's down to three because Tampa rescinded theirs for God they knows did. whatever reason. So, but I mean, e- even looking at St. Louis's lineup, I I'm not I, I'm not that concerned, especially with now there's a rift in a, a rift in the locker room. Between um, Vladimir Tarasenko, Jaden Swartz, Jaden Swartz, and the rest of the group, that is a big, 
problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and I mean, you, you look at this Blues team too, Jared, and uh, I mean, just as far recently as even just their, their cup winning days a couple years back now, um, they aren't quite as talented as they used to be. Um, not by like a long shot. Um, but going into just how this year sort of structured, we talked about this too, the Avs moving to the, to the West division, the Pacific division. Um, that's going to bode extremely well for us because looking up and down the schedule, there's a lot of, a lot of nice, like you look at it, you go nice. Like <laughs> that's who we're playing like nice, you know, <laughs> Um, but it looks good, man. As far as the opener with with the Blues, and as far as uh, I think we're gonna win that as well. We'll we'll probably win the opener. Um, just because we have been successful against the Blues in the past too. I mean, we beat them with the same guys two months ago. And and quite honestly, maybe got a little bit better too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, call what you want to call it homerism, call it whatever you want to call it. You, you can even add in a guy like Mike Hoffman, who the Blues just signed on Monday. And go, That's where he signed. Signed St. Louis. Okay. M- maybe. Sure. Okay, fine. Yeah, whatever. And you can even look at a guy like Tori Krug, who's about to hit 50. Or 50, 30. Jesus. And he's about to hit 30. And he's like, oh, he's going to play with Justin Falk. Great. Where is your leadership then? Yeah. I, I, this is because you can have guys like Bortuzzo or Vince Dunn and just be your, your hard, your hard to play against guys. But I mean, really, if you look up and down their lineup, you're really only scared of their top line of O'Reilly, Shen, Schwartz. That's really it. Tyler Bozak hasn't been the same in years. He really hasn't. Mike Hoffman, he's maybe a 20-goal guy a year, 60 points tops. I mean, it, it's not a lot to really look at. And then Bennington hates playing in Denver. Yeah. I mean, his, last, really his last two starts here, he's been pulled in the mm-hmm. second. So, and, and nobody knows about this Vili Huso guy who could come in and maybe provide some relief. But even then, it's all very much up in the air. You don't like his chances. <laughs> I'll say that much. You don't like his chances. Because, um, I mean, looking at what the Avs had, the only difference, Jared, the only difference, and going back to what you said, we got better um, this offseason. We replaced Zadorov with essentially Taze. Like, he's now like in that rotation of that top six. And then you also have... Uh, just how it kind of played out and a Misnikov being replaced by Brandon sod. I mean, with basically just like how it shook out with the transactions and stuff. I mean, how could you not say that the abs got worse? You know, the abs definitely got better. Um, essentially, you know, swapping out those two guys straight up for those roles and sod will be like a second liner at least. Um, he, and just looking at their opening schedule too, it's pretty favorable. Exactly. And I mean, 
all these are just very it's very obvious right now it's very obvious that there, there's a reason why Colorado is favored to win and it's not even close I mean we can talk about it up down left right you know I mean the, the fact of the matter is, is that they're ready to win and they're ready to win now and this is this is the start of that window for all intents and purposes this is the start of the window and I mean and and I, I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw that there's been talks and and Joe Sakic said openly that look we are going to we've already talked with Landis Cog's agent we expect him to be an Av next year so they're already preparing for all this that's going to happen knowing that Landis Cog's up this year Brandon Sod is probably just a one year rental I mean he's getting five million a year unless he takes a significant pay cut he's probably not staying Matt Calvert's probably gone after this year. Belmar probably gone after this year. And but knowing all those things, knowing Calvert's going to leave, knowing Belmar's going to leave, you have guys like Logan O'Connor. You got you have guys like Sheldon Dries. You have the Ty Lewis's. You have the Jason Magnas. You have all these guys, and and maybe not even Magna. Magna's thirty. He he may not get a shot here. He may not, which is fine. It's like how people are saying that's how you build a dynasty, man. Um, that's that's why people uh, like you know, like legit pundits were saying the Avs are going to be the Golden State Warriors of the NHL because we will be better in the next two years than we are right now. Exactly. And yeah, I don't know. Just like kind of looking over the season. Do you like where our outdoor game is being held this year? I I, I think it's going to be an amazing backdrop. That's for yeah, sure. I mean, it's going to be an amazing Lake, backdrop. Lake Tahoe against Vegas, man. That'll be one to watch for sure. Just from the, the scenes that you'll probably see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, like there's, there, there's more than enough where... We're like where we're looking at going. Okay, this this looks like it's going to be really, really good. And it's just another it's just another notch at the NHL recognizing, saying like, okay, we need to probably start pushing these guys because they're going to be around. And if we're going to get any sort of uh, notoriety on it, we're going to have to start now. It's just it is how it is. And I mean, adding in that. It's probably going to be group hour tonight or tomorrow night, whatever the hell it is at this point. Wednesday night. There you go. And I mean, it's it, it's going to be very, very interesting. And the other really, really shitty part is that they're, if you're in Denver, you're not be able to watch it on NBCSN. You're, you're going to have to illegally stream it. You're going, you're going to have to, unless you have direct TV, which not a lot of people do. So yeah. Altitude is still in disputes with uh, Comcast. Unfortunately, it's been a year, bro. 
You know what's even crazier though? It's been ten months since the since the Avs played at Pepsi Center last. Ten months. Ten months as of yesterday. Or Sunday. Ten months on Sunday was the last time they played in Pepsi. Wow. Or ball arena, whatever. Ball arena, whatever. The can. And then, uh, an, another nice thing too that I'm 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 seeing is that and I saw it briefly on Twitter too was that there's there's three they're they're on the advertisement boards there's a that's cut out where it's three circles with pl in the middle of them which i also believe is going to be a decal on the helmet if it's not i'm gonna be very very shocked um to honor the late pure uh, lacroix but i'm that's just another awesome awesome thing that they're doing as well yeah so i mean i i like i said i'm, I'm not too I'm I'm really not too concerned about this season. More or less, I want I I, I want to see fans back in the arena. At this point, you know it's you might get that sooner than you'd think. And I mean, there's so much. I mean, hell, dude, there's so much going on right now in in the U.S. alone. Just keep it in the U.S. alone. There's so much going on. From political unrest to Twitter, Facebook, everything going on with that stuff. I mean, there's just at some point, when is enough enough? And we finally go, okay, what at what point does the risk outweigh this? And I know you and I have talked about that before. Like, risk aside, I'm I'm in. I mean. There, there's a risk when you go do anything. There's a risk when you and I go to work every day. Yeah. There, there's a risk when people get up in the morning. There's a risk when you get in the freaking shower. There's a risk when you get behind the wheel of a car. So at what point does that just devolve into, okay, well, let's, let's really look at the risk assessment of this, and is it worth it? You got to look at the reward too, though. You know, risk versus reward, and a lot of times, even with what we do, it boils down to what we do daily. Those daily rewards outweigh the risks. So I would take them. You know, like I have to pay rent this month. I have to go to work. Like it's it's you know it's it's shit like that. Um, <laughs> I like I I don't know. Like you know, there there might be people that are scared of COVID, but don't have groceries that need food so it might need to do like i don't you know it'd have to do like instacart or something like um but yeah a lot of times just generally when you when you just boil it down to it those rewards definitely outweigh the risks in in my opinion and you look at the reward of you know an entire nhl season exactly dude it's just it's been something that we've obviously talked about before off off podcast obviously um yeah and as as much fun as it's gonna be to still be able to watch the game tomorrow because we have internet we have all these amazing things and it is very much so a first world problem of not being able to go at the same time we we look at it as we're being stripped away of something uh, of, of something that we hold very closely to to our hearts. I mean, I haven't missed an opening night in four years. 
last time I didn't go to an opening night. Didn't miss a playoff game in the 1920, no, 1819 season. All these things kind of run together anymore. So it, that's where I feel like a lot of these people, myself included, are going, when? Just, just give me a time frame of when. Yeah, I, I would hope by, I mean, like, you know, late spring, they start having like limited amounts of people in at least because that's what you're seeing for some basketball games even like the nuggets games now they're saying it could be like 25 percent capacity so you're seeing ball arena i'm just gonna call it the can from here on out because i can see what it did there Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I think it's going to be closer than you might think, but still like, you know, a couple months out from getting fans back. But, you know, it detracts from just the actual stadium in general. Um, is that place, I mean, it, you know, you know this as much as I do. Like, what's the, what's the home field advantage without fans? There, there really is none, if you think about it. And I mean, there, there really, there, there really is, I, I've said this to, to Jake too at work and I've just been, like, I've told him because he's never been to an Avs game and he, he's, he's like, oh, I just, like, I just want to go. I'm like, you can't until you go to a playoff game first, because if you go to like a regular season game, they get stomped. You're like, ah, F this, I'm never going again. But if you go to a playoff game, you're hooked. There's no way you're not hooked. And I even had Patrick back me up on that, and he's he's like, it's it's pretty true, <laughs> because if you if yeah. you if you go to a playoff game, I mean, it's just it, it's a whole nother world. I mean, opening night and playoff games are are completely different games from anything from game two through most of the time eighty two. There was that that instance of that game eighty two against St. Louis a couple of years ago where that was a playoff game and it, it was treated like a playoff game. I, I mean, everything from altitudes production to in arena across the board, it was, it was treated as a playoff game. And if it wasn't, obviously we would have known about it because we would, were while we are fans of the product, we also critique the product pretty heavily. Yeah. So I mean, we work with, you know we have to <laughs> we kind of are forced to sort of critique it whether like i don't know it all comes down to, down to just both of the perspectives you know like if you were in their shoes would you be doing things differently like stuff like that um you know what i mean yeah and i get it we're also under state distinctions from polis Everything else, I, I, I get it. Uh, I, again, when, 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 because you, you can't tell me that you're going to expect 50 some odd thousand Avs fans upwards of probably, well, probably at that point, you're probably looking at closer to like a few hundred thousand to go down to Larimer Street in in August, in September, not to be there 
for a parade. It's just, it's un, it's an unrealistic thing to do. It's an unrealistic assessment of the the group, and maybe it comes down to: Are the abs playing well? Okay, let's let fans in. Are they not playing well? Okay, let's keep them out. Maybe that could have been the discussion with the Rockies the whole time. I don't know. And maybe that could be the discussion of why the the Broncos capped their capacity still throughout the entire season. I I, I don't know. If if maybe there's like a playoff run, maybe they're going to polls and saying, look, we need more fans. I, it's all those what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Now, here's the other really, really, really shitty part about all of this. For the casual fan who just wants to go one, one game a year or whatever, they're going to be pushed out of this sport so quickly, it's not even funny. There, there are 18,006 seats available at Pepsi Center before they start issuing standing room only. Of those, I believe the number is still in the 12,000 range for season ticket holders. And keep in mind, those are just general admission seats, right? That's just, it's basically a GA seat. It's not a yeah. club, it's not suites, it's not anything like that. And uh, of those, probably 10 to 12,000 of those are sold because they're season ticket holders. Now, the people like you and I are also screwed who get to go to a game. If we're lucky, we get to go to a few playoff games. Awesome. But at the same time, we're also screwed in the fact of those tickets are going to be insanely expensive. It's going to push the most common of common fans out of the sport, probably for good. And that's not something that needs to happen at this point with where this club is projected to go. Because if, if you really look at it, if, if you look at the influx of where where club hockey was and high school hockey even for that matter too in in colorado from mid 90s through to oh it's probably like late 90s through like the mid oh shit like mid like 2000s into like maybe 2010 area there was so many really good hockey players out here and then it vanished now you're starting to see it rise back up again. It could vanish very quickly. Even with the advent of Chassa going to a 4A, 5A split for hockey, which was needed. That's been needed since literally you and I were in school. That, that was needed long ago. I'm glad it's finally happening because as much fun as it is to always see Cherry Creek, Valor, Regis, Monarch, you, you know, the, the typical powerhouse schools always winning. You don't ever see schools like Cheyenne Mountain in there anymore. You don't see the schools like Willis Palmer. You don't see the Heritage, the Cherokee Trails. You don't see any of them. Yeah. I left us out for a reason. We're not good. Simple. Our, our, they're not good. Our alumni's not good. So. And, I mean, that's just, it, it's all boiling down to, do you want to really, and, and politics aside, right? I understand maybe some of this is political, but politics aside, at what point do you no longer alienate your residents from, from, from what they really, really want to see? Do I believe Broncos stadium would have been filled all year? No, no shot. Would it have been heavily filled? Yeah. 75% at least packed. No, no chance. 
unless it's visiting team fans. Same thing with the Rockies, man. Exact same thing. I, I, I can count literally on two hands for the two years I worked there, how many times we were sold out. Fireworks nights, last game of the year, playoff games. That's it. Literally, that's it. So, and whereas you could look at Avs games and hell, even Nuggets games too. I, I, I did some research on it and it was interesting. Yeah. The Nuggets sold out the can more than the Avs did. Dude, they packed that place. So, and keep in mind, the Nuggets have to fill more seats because they have the extended four, they have everything else. So the Nuggets are actually filling more seats. And they sold out more than the Avs. So at what point are we no longer going to alienate the fan bases? And ticket gouging and price and resale markets are going to be through the roof for probably the next three years. When hockey ticket prices are already expensive. Like, literally, the, the year when the Avs snuck in, I, I remember Tyson and I paid like 45 bucks a seat. Last year, or two years ago now, we were paying damn near like 70, $70, $75 a seat for the first round. Before fees, before drinks, before food. Uh, it, it was... It, 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 yes. Um, just from, from my experience going to a second round playoff game, saw the game six of their uh, San Jose series. Great game. Um, but, uh, I remember ticket price. We, we actually got like a pretty good deal on like this app that we used to, to get the tickets, but it was, uh, easily 85 to 95 bucks per seat, but it was like six rows up really good seats. So we kind of bit the bullet and paid that extra, extra price for them. But, um, but yeah, you know, that's, and that's not including, you know, the drinks and the food that you get there. So, um, definitely has, has increased for sure. And, 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 and even just to put it out and just to make it very obvious where you were and where I was sitting are two completely different things. Mm. You're six rows up. I'm in the third deck. Yeah. So how much in reality were those lower bowl seats going for? And they were just trying to quickly get those tickets out. Right. You know? So, uh, I, I understand that the NHL is losing billions this year due to no fans, right? As of now, I mean, at, at what point is it just? Do you just say, okay, this is enough? Because what's going to happen is that they might have to, like, they might literally just say, we're going to have to push a higher ticket price. We're going to have to push higher merch prices. We're going to see the price of jerseys go up. They've constantly gone up every single year. I mean, there's just so many factors at play. Yeah. And really, you think about it, I mean, it is just kind of, it is the owners, essentially. Like, the season is up to the owners. Because um, the, the players are already mat, are putting in 50% of just all your earnings, basically. So, like, it really just comes down to you know, gathering all the ownerships together and just being like, hey, like, are we going to do this this year? And 
that's just why I love hockey just as an entity um, at the national level. It's just guys that want to play for the most part. Um, and yeah, I mean, kind of leading up to this too, we had some good stuff happen in the, uh, the world juniors. If you're an Avs fan, we had a lot of prospects do really, really well, which was solid to see. Um, just kind of over the holidays here. And I, I'm, I mean, you and I talked about it a little bit after the fact, had we talked about it night of and me being stupid, I wish I would have done it, but I, I mean, I would have taken the U S to beat Canada because like you and I talked about Canada really wasn't tested at all. Yeah. And, and Spencer Knight just opened up and just stole that game. Spencer Knight's not in the net. No way, no way the Americans win that match. No shot. But with that being said, the Americans haven't lost in four straight gold medal games to the, to the Canadians. Four straight. The other three were overtime games. One was a shootout. And then that one was a 2000 shutout. So I, the, the ones that I vividly remember, John Carlson winning in overtime in Saskatoon, I believe is where it was. Troy Terry, after, after he had that shootout wizardry against Russia in the semis, scored the only goal in the shootout against the Canadians. And then now you have this. I mean, it's it, it's really interesting because the, the the World Juniors is by far one of the best tournaments out there. And it's not even like, close. Like showcase of talent. Like that's where NHL scouts look, you know, it's not just like you're you're running the mill. Like, look at this kid from this school. Like they'll still do that because they, a lot of times these players will be playing for schools sometimes subsequently. But it's all it all boils down to, to tournament time, man. Exactly. Um I, I know we're kinda of reaching kind of the end of the rope here. We have to work again tomorrow. So um I, I texted you this earlier because I want you to think about it. Yeah. I really want you to think about it. Who gets the first goal of the year for the Avs? No, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my man Burakovsky. I think with him playing on the first line with with Ransom McKinnon, he is just got you're you're gonna see just his overall usage just skyrocket on that first line, kind of like what we were seeing last year, um, with all of his success with them as a pairing and. So, so I think it's going to be Ber- going to be Burkowski on the first line. It'll be first shift, might be like second, third shift, but I think he'll get. I think he'll get his first goal for us at night, tomorrow night, <laughs> the night of the thirteenth, whatever the hell day it is anymore. Um, Wednesday, Wednesday the thirteenth. Yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, what about you? I I like the Burkowski pick. I do. 
I'm going to go a little bit different. Okay. I think it's going to be one of the newcomers. And just kind of putting like a statement on it saying, I'm here. You guys were right to pick me up. And that's Devon Taves. I mean, he's not really a goal scorer. He's had in his regular season games, he has 11 goals in 116 regular season games. So it's kind of a long shot, but if it's not him at that point, you gotta, you gotta go kind of with your usual suspects anyways. So, yeah. But, I can see Son getting a power play goal. Yeah, on a deflection. Watch if that shit happens. If, if that happens, <laughs> I know I'm going to get a text from you going, you just fucking called that. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, last, very last thing in closing. Final score. What do you think it's going to be? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Groovy has a good game. I was winning it for one. Four, five, one. Five, one. Five, one. Say five. Lock it in five, one. I'm going to take the other side of the coin on this one. Groovy has a really good game. So does Bennington. Two, one. St. Louis. Two, one. Two, one, St. Louis. All right. Well, let me just take the other side of the coin. Let me see if I can piss off some Avs fans here. It literally has nothing to do with skill, right? Nothing. Yeah, just first game, nothing. you know. Who knows what could happen first game. Exactly. And the Avs are not known for scoring first in those games. They really are not. Yes, there are some instances where we have. The last two opening nights, we've scored first. I understand that. Minnesota and last year against Calgary. I get it. Donskoy. It was awesome. That was a great game. At, at the same time, you're coming off kind of a layoff. Haven't seen St. Louis except for the one game you played against them in the bubble. And I, we're going to really need to see how, how not having fans is going to affect these games. I don't think it's going to be as rough and rowdy as it was in the past. I don't think it's going to be as nearly as high scoring as it was in the past. Because whereas you used to be able to yell on the bench and really only the, only the players in front of you could hear it. Yeah. Everyone's going to be able to hear it now. I mean, we, we saw it in the, in the Brown Steelers game that was broadcast on Nickelodeon when the referee is calling a penalty and the... The Steelers player yells, are you effing kidding me? So uh, how about that game though, man? Browns. That was crazy, dude. <laughs> That's that was hilarious to see. Yeah, and then um, and then Rich tried to make fun of the Browns. We're like, um bad timing on that one. Like they just won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah, so. man. I don't know. I, I think Ash is gonna have a great season, just kind of overall looking forward. Um the thing that's going to, to kind of elevate them, I think, is, is just seeing how Hayes and and Saad can uh, mesh. It's just as simple as that with the top two uh, lines there. 
but I mean, all good news going forward. Uh, it's been nice getting back to doing this too. Um, we did have one episode that kind of get, did get sort of lost in the woodworks. Um, the audio file got corrupted. Yeah, corrupted file there, which was unfortunate, but to say the uh, least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a good episode too. Drop some knowledge. Drop some knowledge. Yeah, um, we, we basically just ripped on the Broncos for an hour, and here we are. Yeah, it was glorious. It was in paradise. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just uh, looking forward to be getting back to doing these more often because we'll have more games to cover. Exactly. Um, all sorts of stuff going on too. Just in Denver, as usual for sports. Getting to some Nuggets talk. They're doing pretty well and. Um, actually just got back to 500. They are playing Brooklyn tonight, I think. Kind of they, just speak, so. they just lost. Yeah, Ooh. they just lost. Tough break for the Nuggies. But... So yeah, Nuggets are not 500. Take that back. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get into some talk with them too. Um, but uh, really looking forward to uh, kind of the, the restart of all this too, as far as sports go. And it's not going to be like what we did with the playoffs, where it's basically like every other night we were dropping a podcast. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's unrealistic at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just even looking at the Avs schedule, I mean, we're just kind of looking at it going, okay, when can we do these? When can we drop these episodes? When can we do this, that, the other thing? And still try and do nugget stuff, still try and do our jobs, even like, I mean, this one's going to drop tomorrow on the 13th, on January 13th. You guys probably won't see another episode until the 18th. Yeah. I mean, by that point, there's two games that have been played for the Avs, a bunch for the Nuggets. We have a bunch of content at that point. You know, it, it, it might be once a week. It might be twice a week. We just don't know yet. We're still trying to get it all figured out with Joel starting a new job, me still working my job. I mean, it's just it's one of those weird things. We're just trying to get it all squared away now. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um yeah, Jared, any uh any last words on your end then? I don't want Tyson Jost in the opening night lineup. Play Logan O fucking Connor. Hard yes. Hard yes, that's make a double for me too, um <laughs> with that statement. Um for sure. What about you? What do you got? Well, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's a great, a great night to be a hockey fan, man. Great night to be an ass fan. Um, as Jared was saying, the bandwagon, the train is, is going to depart the station soon. Um, today, even for you guys listening in right now. Um, <laughs> so, Please I mean, get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. Yeah. The train, the train departs at 830 local. Yep, don't fuck around. Get on the train. We don't, we don't mess with Eastern time. It's all mountain time here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, even getting into those recaps, man, we could even just do like weekly recaps of games and like people that stood out, like we could do a lot with it. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, as are you, and I might be ro- rocking my sweater tomorrow. We'll see. 
I'm already I'm already planning going into work. I'm gonna wear my abs quarter zip, so there you go, set. Super set. But uh but yeah, that's about it for me. Um stuff's going really well. So All right, guys. Once again, thanks for listening to the Mile High Pundit. I know I cut Joel off early in the episode, but, you know, it's just kind of the excitement excitement, excitement of tomorrow. So um, thanks for listening. Again, if you haven't yet, follow us, follow us on Twitter. We've been a little bit lacking on Twitter as well. Jobs, life, you know, holidays. Um, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter uh, at Mile High Pundit. We are bringing these back. This is not a joke. We are doing these. These are... These are still legit. We still have a passion to do these. Yes, we took a break. Yes, it was the holidays. We know. Okay? We know. But at the same time, we love doing this stuff. We love just doing this content shtick. We, this is basically our hanging out with friends time. So, yeah. Um, as usual, call someone, tell them you love them. Friends, family, whoever it may be. Sierra, I know you're going to listen to this. Hi. Um... I tell I tell her I love her every day, so it's okay. Um, hell, even if it's your dog, man, you never know. So uh, just make sure everyone knows that you love them around them. Never take a day for granted. You guys been listening to the Mile High Pundit Podcast. We're gonna catch you next week. I'm in the studio cooking up music cause I know I never got time to waste This is a decision I gotta make, made it here I can't stop now Had to make what I got now, this the life I chose Seen the highs and lows, I've been getting what I want now Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.